Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Okay, guys, we are kind of wrapping up this entire Abide series. I'm thankful that for all of you that have gotten to be with us, we still have one more after this week. But before we get into the word today, I want to just kind of let you know a few things. If you're listening today, I want you to be sure, and as soon as this episode is over, to go to impactoverinfluence.org and get your ticket for October 14th. We're having a women's conference, and this one's going to look a little different. This will be the fifth year that I've kind of tried to facilitate an event like this. And so if you've never come, I'm inviting you right now personally, come to this. You're not going to want to miss it, man. It's all day. If you can't make it to all of it um, from 9 to 3, just come in the morning. Or if you've got to get there late, just come in the afternoon. But just be able to show up and do your part to receive whatever it is that God has for you because it's so important. If we don't show up, we can't hear. If we don't show up, we can't receive. And so um, I just pray that you join us that day. Go ahead and get your ticket. Grab a ticket for somebody else. Y'all invite them. Say, hey, look, I bought this. It's extra. I'll give you a ride. Come with me. Like, let's just make this thing about camaraderie. That's October 14th. The Holy Spirit also asked me to do something a little different, and it was to get outside the church walls that is something new for me. And so we're going to do it at the community center in our little tiny town in Texas called Cossie. It's right in between Waco and College Station. Get your tickets. Be there. Ready to hug you. Second thing I want to talk about is we got a little bit of new merch coming in. We got some fall sweatshirts, and they are awesome. They're a little bit longer in the back, so they're really cute for leggings. If you're a man, that means absolutely nothing to you. But if you're a woman, it does. So I want you to be on the lookout for those as they come in. They probably won't be in until... Uh, mid-October. But right now we do are going to have on the website our new trucker caps. Who does not love a good trucker cap? So I want you, there's, some of them have the sign of God's greater than our highs and lows. And the other one is like a really cute tan color with amen. So usually when it comes to the podcast, I don't air out a lot of those kind of things. But now we just have so many listeners that may not be able to uh, see our content on Facebook like you normally listen. So this is your chance to be in the know. Okay, two more episodes left today. We're going to be talking about abiding for effectiveness. Guys, wow. Um, I'm really passionate about this subject because I feel like the devil does, he gets this like giant firefighter water hose on believers as soon as they get get really their their taste of their calling. They're, They're getting lined out and they're passionate and he just comes in and sprays it and tries to burn out the fire. And so this episode is going to give us so much clarity and inspiration and encouragement to know why we have to abide and stay totally attached to Jesus as our vine to be able to be effective. So definition for effective, successful in producing a desired and intended result. That's what makes this work. When something is effective, that means it's efficient. It's working. It's been successful. It's proved to have a product, right? So sometimes it's like, well, I did this. I tried this. I prayed with that person. I gave at the charity and you leave more mad than you did when you started feeding the homeless. What's going on here, right? Like where was Jesus? Because if he's not abiding in you, we do so much work, so many works in vain. And so I want to keep us from that. I want to keep us from getting tired and resentful and angry with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's just kind of the definition of that word effective. And because God has given us promises, y'all, he wants us to be effective in participating in the divine nature of who he he is. He tells us to make every effort 
to be fruitful. We've been talking about this being attached to the vine. It's so that something is produced in us, those fruits of love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So to start off real quick, I want to uh, read Second Peter 1, 5 through 8, because it talks about the word effective. He says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities... In increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoa. Okay, so all these things are piggybacked on one another, right? So we get goodness or we get faith. We get goodness. We get goodness. We get knowledge. We get knowledge. We get self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, love. But it's all for a reason, right? It's so that there's an increase in the effectiveness of these things. If you possess more faith and more godliness and more love, but it's never expressed, it's never given out, then it is ineffective. It is for yourself. It is for your gain. And that's great that you're getting peace, but the peace of Jesus is to surpass all understanding, right? It's, it's got to flow out of you. It's got to be effective, not just for the lost, but for the saved. You know, I think that that's something I, I'm, I'm real passionate about is it's not just about the lost coming to Christ. It's about discipling the saved. It's about keeping the saved encouraged to walk in their calling. It's about being able to stand and elevate one another. Why? To go from glory to glory. Okay, to keep each other from being stagnant, much less stagnant. How about falling away, right? Let's be effective in our faith and and not be unproductive, you know? Let's not just be consumers and not producers, Let's go ahead and say like, hey, I've been a part of this right now. I feel like I'm anchored in Christ. Now what's my part to play? You know, all of us have different gifts, different gifts for teaching, for preaching, for encouraging, for generosity, right? It doesn't matter what it is, but there's a place for it. So let's dive into what that is. God doesn't just give us instruction and leave us. So to be effective, you have to receive instruction from your creator. Who's the boss here? It's not about going and looking at your brother and sister and saying, all right, they're really good at worship and I can't sing, but I'm going to learn to sing so I can lead worship. Nah. Ask God. He's the one that created you. He manufactured you, right? And so it's like, okay, what do you have for me? What am I supposed to do? And when he gives you that instruction, then you walk that out. And somebody told me the other day, they were like, you know what, Shell? Like, feel like God's telling me this. I feel like I got, you know, what I'm supposed to do, but I just don't have peace about it. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the deal. Peace comes from obedience. Because the enemy's going to do everything he can to talk you out of that, right? And I'm like, here's the deal. Peter had to obey that he obeyed God when he stepped out of the boat to know that he wasn't going to sink. There's no way you could have known that unless you were to act on it. So I feel like God's telling the church right now, like, hey, look, I want to produce something in you, through you, and I want it to not just be done. I want it to be effective. I want it to work. I want it to succeed. But you got to trust me first. You got to be obedient first. So once we get that instruction, let's really understand that it takes action to be able to see what that looks like. And depending on God's leadership, y'all, is a must. And when you depend on him, you are abiding in him. Luke chapter 20. I hope that you guys go read it for yourself. But it gives a parable of the tenants, right? And it talks about how we learned last week about the vine dresser, right? About the gardener, which is God the Father. 
And it says that he, the owner gives the vineyard away for a time. He gives it to some tenants and, and, and the people, they reject this right. So then he gives his only son. And so the vineyard that he's talking about right there is the earth. He's talking about the world. He's saying, look, I gave it up for, for a small time. And right now other people are inhabiting it. They're trying to take care of it. But the thing is, is I'm going to come in the end and the ones that did it wrong, they're going to get burned up. Y'all, God is coming back for his vineyard. He's coming back. And so it's like, what? how effective are we being in his absence? Are we being good tenants? Are we doing our part and walking in our truth to be like, all right, I may not be in charge of much and God's not expecting me to on my own, but he's wanting for it to do things through me. He's wanting to steward his vineyard through me. And so I hope that we understand that. Psalms 91.1 says that he that dwelleth in the place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the almighty. Y'all, that's the covering that I'm talking about. When we abide in Christ, our covering is Jesus himself. And then the covering of Jesus is the Father, right? As he is the Son. We also know that they're one through the Trinity. But just follow me here, right? So we got God as the head. We got Jesus. Then we are under that covering to abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So anything that we do, y'all, it's not of ourselves. He's the one that's covering over us, protecting us, shielding us, loving us. God loves you so much. That's why he wants to be effective through you. Not that you build up yourself, but that it bring glory to him because he loves you so much. He wants you to get to be a part of this thing. So trust when he says no and trust when he says go, y'all. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's time. It's time that we start getting pumped up to see something productive around us. It's time that we get pumped up to want to be effective for a goal that's bigger than ourself. To know that God's the one setting it before us. Okay. John 15, we've been in there every single week. Nothing's going to change because I'm absolutely just so thrilled at what God spoke to each of us through this John 15 chapter. Today, we're going to be through 18 through 25. Okay, this is Jesus talking about uh, rejection in a sense, you know, about giving us encouragement on times that we do feel like we're ineffective. So I wanted to read this first. 18 says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. And if I had done nothing among them, no works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. All right. So what he's saying is, I've shown them all the things. They have seen, they have witnessed the miraculous works that I've done. And they still reject it. And you need to understand, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me and you. So somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody needs to hear that you have tried to reach that friend. You have tried to pray over your spouse. You have tried to change the environment in your workplace. You have tried, you have tried, you have tried. And you're tired. And what he's saying is, here's the deal. Don't be putting any pressure on you that I'm not putting on you. Because what they're not, they're not just rejecting you. They're rejecting the me in you. 
They rejected me too. And I've called you out of the world. That's why you're feeling rejected. So which master are you going to serve? All right, what we do matters more than what we say. So when it comes to being effective and we get all on fire for God and we're like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus from the rooftops and everyone's like, wow, that's real cool. No one cares. What I'm telling you is that your actions are more than what your words are, okay? Sometimes it's just how you are. It's not that you're even saying anything because I'm going to tell you all those fruits that we're talking about being produced in us, gentleness isn't just with words. Gentleness is with your action. Are you raging? You might be quiet, but still throwing a pan, okay? Think about these things. Think about the way that you're being effective. Are you finishing things that you start? Are you a diligent person or are you a flake? People want to see you be committed. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking about just committed to the church. I'm not just talking about committed to service. I'm talking about committed to anything. What does that look like for you? Because your actions, people are seeing what's different about you. They're seeing what's different about your patterns. That is how we witness also. That is how Jesus witnessed also. Everything that he did wasn't just preaching in synagogues and talking and talking and talking. He walked it too. He met people where they were. He loved on them. He hugged them. He was sincere. He touched the unclean. It was his actions also. So, how does Jesus tell us to be effective in reaching someone? I want to tell you that how he does this is love. Not just with words, like I said earlier. We don't argue and we don't, um, you know, go tit for tat with someone else's beliefs. We don't do that. Or even the lack of their beliefs. Sometimes, y'all, people are anti-God because they're not for anything else. They just want something to blame. But instead, we come alongside these people with truth. A broken heart leads to fear, and fear leads to sin. So love must come first. Love has to come so that people aren't afraid. They're not afraid of rejection. They're not afraid of a greater power that they have to answer to, right? Sometimes I think that's why people reject God, man, because the thought that they need a helper and the thought that they're going to be judged scares the fire out of them. And I know it does me. That's why we have to repent, like we talked about last week. Go check out that episode if you haven't. So what we do is we just go alongside them. We love them with our actions. We don't go into arguments that are asinine because things of the Holy Spirit are foreign to those that don't have the Spirit, Scripture says. But we come alongside them with truth. We be the example that Jesus has asked us to be. And then we allow the Holy Spirit to do His job, which is conviction, correction. It's not our job. Sometimes, too, I feel like things that we can do instead of just blurting out all kinds of scripture or talking, being so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, right? Sometimes it's sharing a personal testimony. Tell somebody how you got out of that cult. Tell somebody how you started taking care of your body better instead of partaking in gluttony. Tell someone how you stopped stealing or, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever it is that you've come out of, it might have been coming out of shame. Tell that mom that you see covered up in all the regret that she has. Say, look, man, you're still trying. Allow them to become out of that by sharing your personal testimony. Today, we're going to be in a little bit of scriptures about Paul. I'm going to be in the book of Acts quite a bit. Um, this is going to be some Bible study. I am going to go over quite a bit because 
I want us to see these scriptures for what they are. And I think all of us would agree, like Paul was an OG, right? Like Paul crucified Christians as Saul, meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, gets blinded. He's like, Lord, who are you? I want to start serving you. And he meets Jesus. From that point on, y'all, he was a pillar for the new churches. Okay. Like Paul was the man. Paul wrote so many books of this Bible that we all have embedded into our hearts. So Paul knew the things. But I also want to tell you that Paul had to be led by the Holy Ghost. Paul had to abide in Christ. Paul had to be under the covering of God the Father in order to be effective. And so I'm going to read you some scriptures real quick about, you know, God says sometimes don't go there. And I don't know if we realize that, like, oh, God can tell me don't share Jesus here. We're supposed to go to the ends of the earth. Yeah, with his leadership. Like, let's stop leaving him out. He knows your crowd more than you two, so read it through his spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, who's in the room right now? What do they need instead of having your own agenda? Okay? To be effective, we need to be under the leadership of Christ himself. And that's exactly what Paul had to do. So Paul makes these plans, right? He's like, okay, I'm going to go preach the gospel here. Then we're going to go here. Then we're going to go here. And he's mapping it out. But the Holy Spirit shows up and says, nope, don't go there. So I just wanted to, I wanted to read these scriptures to you guys. I'm going to be in Acts 16. I'm going to read first real quick, 6 and 7. It's, okay, verse 6 reads this. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Hold up. You mean to tell me that the Apostle Paul had the brakes put on him by the Holy Spirit not to go somewhere? That's exactly what that scripture says. The Spirit of Jesus said, no, 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 we're not going to go here. And I'm like, all right. Were they uh, uh, raging like assassins? Like what's going on here? Was it was the Holy Spirit protecting them from persecution? And then I'm like, well, they ended up going there not too far after this, which we're going to read that today also. But here's the deal. The Holy Spirit knew now's not the time. Instead, Paul gets detoured. He goes to Macedonia. He meets Lydia, starts some churches there. Like that was a phenomenal thing. But if Paul hadn't surrendered to the Holy Spirit and said, okay, I'm going to listen to you and not go forward into Asia, would he have gone where he was supposed to go? You see, sometimes when the Holy Spirit detours us, it's not that we're not supposed to go there or speak to that person or profess Jesus to that person or that place, but instead there's something else we're supposed to do on the way. It's all about his leadership. So the Holy Spirit stops him from going to Asia. He's like, "Uh -uh, we're not going to do that. And Paul didn't just feel defeated. He wasn't like, oh my gosh, I guess God's not wanting to use me anymore. Oh my gosh, I guess I'm not saved anymore. I guess I'm not good enough for God to want to use. And I'm not, he didn't do that. He's like, okay, then what are we supposed to do? And he followed that plan. He listened to the guidance that God was given to him. God had a message prepared. So instead he goes to Europe for a while and then he goes to Asia. So Now let's talk about that. Let's talk about when he does get there. Acts chapter 18, verse 19 says that they arrived at Ephesus, which is Asia, same place, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. So after he's traveling, he's going on this journey, he does end up being there. Then he stays there for not too long. 
Acts 19.1 follows this up, y'all. So there's a, there's a guy named Apollos. He comes in the scene. God is just like putting people with the places at the timing for a reason. Like it, it's all about the puzzle piece that God's doing. And he does that in our lives too, y'all. He might have placed something in your heart right now, but the people alongside you haven't got there yet. He might be having the people alongside you, but y'all have no plan yet. You see what I'm saying? Abiding in Christ to be successful, all these things have to be there for God's will at God's timing. God's will without God's timing will not be effective. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or the situation or the calling or anything else. What it means is that you need all of him. You need all of him. Let him finish his work. The Bible says in Ephesians that all of us had been prepared in advance for God's handiwork. Okay, before you were even created, you had a purpose for God's kingdom, whether you realize it or not. But all of these things, us abiding in him, us getting ourselves right, us being cleaned out so that we can possess more of his spirit. That's the work that he's trying to do in all of us. So after Paul's arrived there, he left for a time. Then he goes back to Asia in Acts 19. He starts preaching not just about John's baptism, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then some things come come together. Okay, so I'm going to read 1 through 10 of Acts 19. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Okay, that's where I'm talking about in Asia. He ends up getting there. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, and that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Paul entered a synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate, and they refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannius. All right. So he shows up in Asia. He brings some truth in Asia. These people receive the Holy Spirit in Asia. He stays there preaching for months, it said, three months, boldly persuading these people to get it. But they, some of them became hard-hearted. Some of them rejected so once he's like, all right, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Now I see that this isn't producing anything. He goes. He goes and he starts giving what he's supposed to give to people that will receive it. Sometimes we try beating a dead horse instead of saying, okay, I've planted the seed. God has used me in whatever he's asked me to do, but I'm not going to keep harping on this and arguing over this. He's like, once I saw that they were hardened, I was like, all right. And he goes because he listens to the guidance of the Holy Spirit on what to do next. Not everyone's going to accept. That's what we read in John 15, right? Not everybody's going to get it. But it's not that they're not getting you and that they don't care about you. It's that they are rejecting the one inside of you. So I want us to pay attention to that. So after Paul leaves right here in verse 10, it says he's now he's preaching at another place. Verse 10, it says, This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia 
heard the word of the Lord. God did, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that he touched were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits had left them. So y'all, not only is the Holy Spirit doing a work, I mean, he's there, he stays there for two years, everyone in the whole province of Asia. You see, just now, two chapters beforehand, the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 don't go there yet. But did Asia end up getting what Asia was supposed to get? Absolutely, in God's timing and God's will. So now you got people that are like taking a hold of it. They're like, look, this name of Jesus, these people are being cured. Evil spirits are getting cast out like this is powerful. This name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, like this is power. Good things happened. But now we're going to keep on reading. So whenever we get into the power of God, we have to stay listening to him. Otherwise, we can get boastful in ourselves. We try to start using recipes and we try, meaning this, oh, this worked there, so I'm going to keep doing that because I saw it worked once. Instead of leading on the spirit in which it worked, okay? Sometimes the way that you do things and whatever formula, in a sense, I hate to use those kind of words, but I think that's what we do as believers. We're like, okay, I prayed this prayer and then I asked them about their family and I spoke to their family and it worked and everybody was good after that. The next time you go somewhere, God may not ask you to, to minister to their family at all. It might be a harden of the heart against their family that you need. You know what I'm saying? Like, when did we ever stop just leaning on God for direction? When did we stop saying we have to have 30 minute sermons and then we're going to pray out and then we're going to pass the tithe. Maybe you need to pass the tithe plate after, after Jesus speaks to the heart. Instead of being in this monotonous church as believers and saying, okay, well, it's Thursday as long as I can get them to church on Sunday. Maybe you need to bring church on Thursday. Abiding in Christ is how we are successful. Are we trying to do things without him? Are we trying to tell him when to do it? Because we don't want to walk in our purpose. You see what I'm saying? Paul, Paul was led by the Holy Spirit. He stayed when he said stayed and he went when he said go. That's what we have to do as well. We have to stay in the constant communication through prayer, through the word of God, listening to him for direction. So these people now, they're on fire. They've gotten the Holy Spirit. They're have, passing out aprons and handkerchiefs, right? Like they're like, touch this article of clothing. And it's doing some things, but I want you, I want you to listen now how it start getting how it started getting jacked up. Okay, so now we're gonna keep going right now, guys. Y'all following with me. If you're listening, stay with me here. Acts chapter 19, I'm gonna start in 13 now. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them, and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Whoa, that went south. So Paul comes, we're in Asia, we're doing some stuff, all is well. Now you got chief Jewish priests that obviously are believers now and his sons, and they're trying to perform deliverance on somebody, but you see where they got it messed up? 
they piggyback something on the name of Jesus. You see, Paul was just a man like me and you. Paul was just a sinner like me and you. Was Paul an apostle and a great man of God? Absolutely. But he wasn't Jesus. There is no power other than the power of Jesus Christ. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit abide as one. They are connected as one. It's not the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Paul. Or the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Shelley. Or the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and whoever your pastor is. You see what I'm saying? And it dangs you in the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and yourself. Only Jesus in his name. And I'm like, all right, they were doing all the things. They'd seen it done. They're wanting help for this man. These people weren't wanting to deliver this man from a demon because they were mean. They were wanting freedom for this guy, y'all. But they tried going with the formula instead of with the Holy Spirit. They tried going with their minds and not with their hearts. They tried going with something that was not the power that any kind of evil will submit to. So now this demon says, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who is this? Because Paul didn't operate out of Paul. Paul operated out of the Holy Spirit. Paul operated by the name of Jesus Christ. And now y'all are wanting to operate out of Paul. You Are y'all following me here? Okay. That's how we get things messed up. And it is not going to be effective. It is not going to succeed. The only way for anything by the power and the might of Jesus Christ and him alone. You see, this was Satan's territory right here. Ephesus and Asia, they were a big uh, cult, pagan, right? Like they were big into these kind of things. And so this is Satan's territory. And now the name of Jesus is starting to free people. You think Satan didn't want to cry mom in there and say, yeah, but y'all need to do what Paul says. Paul was good, but y'all, Satan will taint what is good. So the lesson that I pray that we all learn here is to only hang on to Jesus. Only hang on to Jesus. He's the only flawless blood of the lamb. He is our only covering unto be under the shadow of the Almighty. Now I want to finish reading a little bit 17 through 22 so that y'all get to see that Asia did get what it needed because a lot of good came out of this, this demon spirit that ended up beating these guys up. There was still good that came to follow. So let's just go ahead and finish this. Verse 17, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed to what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their skulls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, they came up to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the way of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So what I'm telling you is, after that, they knew that the name of Jesus really meant something then. They knew that the power that came in. Now you got people coming and they're giving up their demonic, um, symbolistic things. They're giving up scrolls. They're giving up all of the this acts of sorcery, witchcraft, anything that they're needing to be delivered from. Whatever it is that you need to be delivered from, bring that too. They did it publicly and the word of the Lord spread. Like, why are y'all giving this up? Why are y'all changing your ways? Because of Jesus Christ. Because we fear him. Y'all, fear is respect. Fear is honoring something. I don't know. I think that Asia got exactly what Asia needed. (laughs) I mean, I hope you would agree. All in God's timing. All with the leadership of the Holy Spirit as Paul was abiding in Christ. We need to live our life as Christians for the purpose of service and not serve us. 
When Paul went from place to place, y'all, he was not always liked. He was persecuted. He was ridiculed. All the things. But he had a service, a servant heart. Not a serve us. Serve me. I'll heal you of this if you'll that. If you'll give enough money to my ministry, I'll come meet with you for prayer. You see what I'm saying? We have to be sure that we're aligned in this. And y'all, maturity and abiding means seeing a need and meeting a need. That's maturity. Those days where you can't just walk away even though you know you got to be somewhere at 6 p.m. Because the Holy Spirit tells you, no, this is what's important right now. That is maturing. Because not only are you hearing the instruction of the Lord, but you are walking in the instruction of the Lord. And that is why you're, you will be effective. Because that's obedient. Seeing a need and meeting a need. Not just hoarding in, in, in the goodness of God for ourselves. We want to give it out. We want it to flow from us. John 3.16, we all know that verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Y'all, God is sovereign. He is almighty. He is powerful. Angels are swarming him right now as we speak. But instead, he gave the most important thing to him, which was his son, Jesus, for us. If he gave, don't you think we're supposed to give as we abide in him? Give our time, give our finances, give our provision, give our talents, give our patience, give our goodness, give our gentleness. You see what I'm saying? All that fruit is meant for consumption for other people. And so I want to read you the parallel, not just in John 3, 16, but also how it coincides with 1 John 3.16. So we're going to turn there real quick. I'm going to read it to you. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not just love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. That's being a doer. That's being a doer. Something that might seem small to you might be what somebody's been praying years for. Give it. Maybe it's not something material. Like I said earlier, maybe it's time. You know, I heard a testimony of a, testimony of a guy that um, believed in the laying on of hands. He believed in laying on the hands of the sick. And God had laid this little girl that was on her deathbed in the hospital on his heart. And he thought he was going to go there and he thought he was going to lay on his hands on her and she was going to be healed. Right? And he said that the Holy Spirit told him, he said, this is going to take a while. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll come meet with her and lay hands on her for six weeks. And six weeks passed, she still wasn't healed. Two years went by. And he said, God still told me, go meet with her once a week. Go meet with her once a week. And then one day she passed away and he's like, man, like I was obedient to you, Lord. Like I really thought you were going to heal her. And he goes, I did. But you see, Jesus isn't just a healer. He's a comforter. I needed you to comfort her. I didn't need you to heal her. I needed you to hold her hand once a week and comfort her. You see how that is the plan of the Holy Spirit? That was still effective. That girl knew she was being comforted. 
Someone was praying over her, y'all, once a week. Do you know how much she looked forward to that? Like, I know he's coming. It's, it's, it's Friday. He'll be here. That was Jesus, too, just like it would have been Jesus if she would have been healed here on earth. I pray that we would see that, that we're not looking at things like, oh, it's not working, and oh, I'm not doing what they're doing. If the Holy Spirit's leading you, you are doing what you're supposed to do. Keep your eyes on him instead of on yourself. That is how we are effective. It's not about the duration of our lives, y'all. It's about the devotion of our lives. Our verse for this week is Mark 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Your heart, that's what belongs to God. Whenever you ask Jesus to come into your heart, y'all, you give him your heart and he gives you a brand new one. He makes us new creations, Corinthians tells us. And with all your soul, that's anything else that you might be tied to. If you give him all your soul, he is what's important. He is what comes first. Not your habits, not your friend groups, not your addictions, not your own priorities, not your anything, but your whole soul. Love him with all of it. With all your mind, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about what's going to be good for you, how you're going to make money, or are you trying to think of what God wants to use for his kingdom? Your mind, y'all, the devil uses our minds as such a playground. And our mind is linked to our hearts and linked to our soul. And then he says, with all your strength. That means, y'all, with every single thing that you got. Biting your teeth, gritting your teeth, take a deep breath in and you go. With all of your strength, love the Lord your God. I pray that this message um, spoke to you. I pray that it encouraged you guys. If you want access to any of these abide sheets, we do have them at impactoverinfluence.org. You just click on the little abide emblem and it's going to give you week by week. You can get all of them. You can get one of them. Y'all, it's not for a lot of money. I think it's like five bucks, but all it does is it just sews into this ministry so that we can continue to put on events, do things, go places, buy equipment. I, um, I just pray that you know and that the Holy Spirit, if he ever leads you to give or to, or to buy one of these studies, y'all, that you know that you're going and you're sowing into good soil, that we pray diligently for you. If you ever need prayer or prayer for someone that you love or, or you just don't have the words, but you want to lift something up, whether it's yours or someone else's, email us, y'all. We have an entire prayer team that is always eager to be able to intercede for you because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. James 5.16 tells us that prayer is effective all day long. We submit it to the Spirit. In Jesus' name, He takes it to the Father on your behalf. So reach out to us. Stay in contact with us. I hope I get to see you at our women's conference. If you do live in other areas in Texas, we'll be West Texas to East Texas throughout the fall. So go to our website and you can check out those dates. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll see you later. Thank you so much for listening, and I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.